With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. Here to talk UFC 260, where we, we will crown the baddest man on the planet. The UFC world heavyweight title on the line. The reigning, defending, often sometimes forgotten, undisputed champion of the world. Stipe Miocic is the underdog again as he defends his crown against the Nigerian nightmare, Frankie Murder, Francis in Ghana. Welcome everyone to the show. I'm your host, the Daily Fantasy Sniper. With me as always, the co-host, the analyst, the really important guys of this podcast. It is Chris Olson. You can find him on Twitter at Real Chris Olson. Also Joe, who better known goes by Sun Tzu, also aka Rampage Jackson's new best friend. Um, <laughs> you should follow him on Twitter to go get that reference. It's asked, we're going to leave it at that. Guys, are you ready to crown the baddest man on the planet? Sure. I am ready to watch um, the only fight of consequence on this card, which uh, I think is pretty special. You know, there are some interesting fights, particularly DFS-related uh, fights. But uh, as far as any fights that have, you know, weight in the division now or in the larger uh, organization, I think that's the only one. And what a fight uh, for it. Um, we'll get to it, I'm sure. But uh, – you know, you're just going to be tension-filled for as, as long as it's on the feet, and uh, I'm ready for it. I mean, I, I think personally there's only one way to pick it, but it's going to be interesting uh, nonetheless. But, uh, yeah, I'm ready to go. Joey, coming off a big week. How you doing, buddy? Wow, that was a long preamble. Um, yeah, I think there is uh, – look, yes, we lost the, the co-main event. We lost the title fight. Um, we had some uh, some prelims, some issues with the prelims. Um, we got a 10-fight card. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Keep it at 10 fights. Uh, there's some interesting spots um, on this card. I mean, I think there's enough variance uh, to make it playable on DraftKings. Um, so let's uh, let's get forward and, and, and crown them new. Really? I have an interesting take really? on that one. There's an interesting DFS 
take to that fight. But we'll save that for the coming event. Before we dig into these fights, make sure you go to rotowire.com slash free for a 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. Make sure you like this video. Comment if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe on YouTube to the Rotowire YouTube channel or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Rotowire, MMA. It's fight time. First fight up, Mark andre Barrio, 8,200, taking on Abu Az- Azatar at 8,000. The line on this fight, uh, Barrio is the favorite, at minus 125. Comeback on Azatar is plus 105. This fight, you know, we say fighters are boomer bust. I feel this whole fight is boomer bust. Joe, we'll start you with you this week. Who you got? Uh, yeah, um... Barrio has been a major disappointment since getting to the UFC. Three L's and then a, a win, which got overturned due to popping USADA. Um, and then we've got Ozatar, who's the brother of the potato handler. Um, and he hasn't fought in a number of years, I guess four, at which he beat uh, Vito Miranda, who was on his way out of the UFC. So what do you do here? Um, I guess, you know, do you go with, uh, the fighter who hasn't fought, hoping that he's maybe made some improvements? Or do you go with the guy that only looked good on PEDs? Um, I'm going to lean towards the cheaper fighter here, which is uh, Azatar. Uh, it's not a it's not a strong endorsement, um, but I'm going to lean in that direction uh, and I guess uh, keep my fingers crossed. Yeah, for me, this fight is... Both these guys are aggressive swing wild hooks and one could knock out the other quickly. And if they don't, so both guys are live to honestly the, the, the 60 second bonus. But if we don't get a first round knockout, I think we're going to see three disgusting rounds of the winner scores. Total crap. Uh, I lean towards Azatar just because I think he's more likely to get that knockout. So we think he's the better DK play. But again, not a strong take. I'll mix in this fight. Uh, Chris, how about for you? Yeah, I'm I'm a little stronger on uh, on Barrio. Um, stronger than uh, you guys are on, on Azatar. I, I think that um, what we saw in uh, Azatar in that uh, Miranda fight didn't really impress me all that much. I mean, it's good that he goes to the body, but he's way more wild and not quite as fast as uh, his brother. So I think, like, you see those those big uh, looping punches, and we'll talk about big looping punches later too, and you might go, wow, he throws really hard. Why, why doesn't... Why aren't these shots having more effect? And I think it's because, you know, you can see the shots coming. I mean, it reminds me of, uh, I wrote, of uh, our favorite light heavyweight, Kadis Ibragamov, who just uh, recently got cut. I mean, throws really hard and it looks good, but they're so big and loopy that, um, you know, you can see them and and the shots you don't see coming are the ones that hurt you. So um, the reason I I think Barrio plays a little better here is he can make fights kind of grueling and uh, sort of uh, sap cardio and uses wrestling. We saw him get into a lot of clinches with uh, Christoph Jaco. And uh, Vito Miranda grounded uh, Azatar twice, mounted him twice. Azatar did his best Derek Lewis impression and just was able to kind of bump out of there. Um, Barrio is big and physical and I think uh, more physicality than uh, Vito Miranda. So I like him to hold positions if he can get them. I think takedowns and control time could be a big part of this fight. If not to outright score, then using those controls to, uh, somebody's phone is going off, uh, unprofessional folks. Um, 
But I think that you could at least use it to tire Azatar out, who's going to be throwing the big shots anyway. I think Barrio has a, has a chance to score pretty pretty uh, pretty well here. He's got the big uppercuts he can use. He uh, I think he's he's the more uh, you know accurate striker, the more the more well put together striker as far as form, and um, I I just like him a little more here. Either one can get a knockout, as you said, Sean. But uh, I think if you want to talk, who's going to be the more consistent scorer here and who can put up a big score? I think it could be Barrios. So that's that's where I'm going. All right, next fight up, we have Omar Morales at 8,700 taking on Shane Young at 7,500. A line on this fight, Morales is minus 190, Shane Young plus 175. This fight is the fight that was on, and then it was off, and now it's back on again. And please let this stay on just because we need, a, need, a, need another fight. Not because I think this fight is really good for DraftKings. For me, Shane Young is a live underdog, but I'm still taking Omar Morales to win a striking-based decision that I don't think this is going to be a great fight. That's why I went first in this one because I'm pretty much done with my breakdown for it. Uh, Chris, dig in a little further. Yeah, um, I actually like a lot of what Shane Young does in the cage. He's got he's got a high pressure boxing style. Goes to the body a lot. He can mix in some takedowns too, uh, which we saw in one of his fights. I forget which now, but uh, rest assured he did use. I think it was um, it oh it came to me and then I lost it. That's okay. Um, anyway, he can use wrestling, um, but generally likes that high pressure boxing style. Problem is that um, his hands are, are generally very low, and uh, that caused the head the head kick. Well, it was a head kick and then an uppercut to follow because when he he exited from the clinch, he had his hands down and um, got caught. Morales punches and kicks very hard, especially on the counter. Um, and Shane Young's style is kind of built to to kind of do that touch touch and then power shot kind of thing. So he's not going to be throwing with power all the time in the same way Morales is. I think Morales can catch him. This is a, this is a weird fight for me because I totally acknowledge that a likely scenario here is Shane Young getting knocked out, but I'm still going to pick him just because I like his style a little bit better. And I think that um, he has a chance to be the better DraftKings score, especially at his price, if he can get his game going. Um, as opposed to Morales, who's just going to throw some heavy power shots. Uh, Shane Young really has to do what he didn't do in the Ludwig Klein fight, which is really crowd Morales here. If he doesn't, he's going to eat another head kick, and that's going to be the end of it. But um, I'm going to pick Young to get his game going and uh, rack up some points maybe on DK. Joe. Okay, so I'll be quick here. Um, I like a lot of what Shane Young has done as well, in particular the way he he got laid out by Ludwig Klein. Um, I think that Morales – um, is the is the pick here, but also in terms of DraftKings, you are not going to make optimal with a decision in this fight. You need Morales to get the knockout. So if you do play Morales, you are in effect looking for the finish, which can certainly happen. I mean, we've we've seen um, you know an epic uh, knockout by uh, you know the courtesy of Ludwig Klein on Shane Young. Um, I don't know if Morales hits quite that hard, but. Um, the pick is Morales here. Um, cautionary play for DraftKings. I think a pretty solid bet, though. Um, I definitely like him as a bet, but DraftKings, uh, you're playing the knockout. All right, next fight up, we're going to talk Mikhail Oleg Zizek 
at 8,500, take on Modestus Bukowskis. Yeah, Bukaki. watch your, watch your, uh, Bukowskis. <laughs> also, and I wish his nickname would be Bukaki. Just, just lean into it. Anyway, <laughs> plus, then you got to hear Bruce Buffer say that shit. Yeah. Anyway, Oleg Zizek minus 165, Bukowskis plus 155. Uh, to me, this is power against speed. Uh, Joe, who you got? Yeah. Um, it's interesting because I did a pod earlier this week with MMA Kelton and, uh, they Kelton had a debate with Pro Picks came on and, and Kelton debated them. They each had like three unit plays on opposite sides of this fight. And I don't know if I did a very good job of breaking the tie. Um, I think I'm going to go with um, the poll here um, and not for obvious reasons. Of course uh, you would. Yeah, I do think he's got um, a speed advantage. Um, this could be a really ugly fight. I mean, um, you know, Bukakis, you know, definitely knows how to use a razor. The guy's as clean shaven as any fighter I've seen. Um, but aside from that, I just don't know that he's very good. I mean, he's he's coached by his dad. Um, you know, it was an interesting that Mikalidis fight was really interesting. You know, uh, I don't think I've ever seen anyone fall through a cage door when it opened up, but that was real interesting. Um, and he got the win there. Um, so I. I'm going to go with uh, Michaelitis. I think he's a better – not Michaelitis. I'm going to go with um, the Paul Mikal. I think he's better – face better competition, is a better overall fighter, and has a speed advantage. Chris, how about for you? Uh, yeah, I am uh, – I'm going to I'm gonna go with uh, Lord Mikal, as I'll call him uh, this week. Oops, wrong button. There Ryan Barton. Uh, I think um, – I like a lot of what he's done too. I think he's got speed, but power as well. And I think a lot of that is generated through the body shots. Um, he, of course, landed the big body shot on uh, on uh, what used to be light heavyweight, now heavyweight, uh, John Volante. And also landed a big body shot and a lot of good strikes on uh, Ovin St. Prue before St. Prue took him down and subbed him. Jimmy Crude also took him down and subbed him. Bukowskis is not a dedicated wrestler. I mean, if I've seen him shoot once or twice, I think that's a lot. He certainly didn't do it in Cage Warriors, where most of his career was basically people trying to take him down and then him getting back up and and finishing them. I mean, he's a one-two, leg kick, rangy fighter, uses it pretty well, but also can throw those naked leg kicks, and that's why he was getting caught over and over again by Jimmy Crute. I, I, I second Joe. I just don't think he's that good. I think McCall is pretty good. I think that even in the fights he's lost, he's looked pretty good. Um, uh, you know, Jimmy Crude had to shoot for his life over and over again to uh, to make sure that he wasn't involved in that storm. And I, I just don't think Bukowskis is going to be nearly as committed to the wrestling, and I don't think he's as deep of a striker at all. So uh, my pick is Olin Sajek, and I like him quite a bit here, actually. Yeah, I'm on Oleg Shashuk as well. I think um, I think he's got multiple paths to victory. I think he could get a takedown. He, he could get takedowns in this one if he wants them. Um, smaller guy, but I think speed advantage will be big. I don't think Bukowskis is good enough at using his his range. Uh, he really, I think he's kind of KO or bust. So um, give me Mikhail. Mikhail, I think his. Price. He doesn't actually need a finish. I think he's, he'll have enough. In if he wins, I think he'll have enough volume to score decent. Um, but I think he's got um, ceiling potential as well as I'm kind of with Joe. I don't. I'm not sold in how good 
uh, Bukowska says uh, the Mikulides fight was Mikulides was winning that fight until yep. the end when he got clipped. So uh, give me Lord Mikhail, 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 Mikhail. I can't say your name. Oleg Zayshuk. I can say better. Next fight up. Abu Babkar Nurmagomedov taking on Jared Gooden. Uh, Nurmagomedov 9,000. Gooden is 7,200. Line on this fight. Um, Nurmagomedov minus 240. Gooden is plus 200. Uh, probably the weakest of the Nurmagomedovs. Going to look to grapple. Gooden will be the better striker. So it's pretty classic striker versus grappler. Uh, I think. Who's up first for this one? Help me out. Chris, I think you're up first. Uh, yeah, why not? Um, I, I, I like Gooden quite a bit here. I don't understand why Abu Bakar would be quite as big a favorite as this. I think have, you, be... have you seen Gooden stop a takedown? Well, I mean, I, I haven't I haven't really seen Abu Bakar, um, you know, go for takedowns over and over again in the style of, of say, a Khabib. He's, he's very comfortable on his feet. Now, of course, he did – go right for a takedown in the yeah, Zawada fight. I mean, we, we just saw he got sub, but yeah, we, we saw it. He's, yeah, no, he got sub and, and that's a theme for him. He also got subbed by, uh, in, in another fight in LFA. In, in fact, he's one, two and one in uh, his last four, which is another curious reason for a, a, a big favorite here. I just don't think he's comfortable in uh, dealing with submission attempts in uh, his fight with Jonathan Weston in LFA. he, had to give up a uh, position uh, fighting off of Kimura. And, uh, you know, the fight, his last loss by sub, not Zawada, but the one in LFA, was a club and sub where he ducked into an uppercut first. So he, I think he uses trunk movement a little bit too much. I think he relies on it too much. And Gooden is a guy whose game I like a lot on the feed. He kind of reminds me of old uh, Justin Gaethje, where he's just going to walk you down and uh, keep coming. And uh, hope that you break. I do think that because Abu Bakar is really good at reactive takedowns. So I think that uh, with Gooden constantly waiting in, that's a concern. But again, I like Gooden has six subs on his record. He's not lost on the ground. He's got some guillotines in there. So it would be interesting to see what happens if this fight does hit the ground. I am not going to bank on just constant takedowns from Abu Bakar. I think that... Uh, Gooden takes this, and I think he can maybe knock him out, too. So, Colin, wow. Colin for the upset. Uh, I have Nurmagomedov. I think he'll get the takedowns. Um, I do think if he doesn't get them, Gooden is the much better striker and will probably piece him up standing up. Um, and was live to a finish. He has to get the the takedowns. I just I think he will. But I don't hate Gooden as as, as a dog play, especially in GPP. So, uh, but I am on the favor. So, Joe, break the tie. Yeah, so didn't Gooden, like, didn't he need some help making weight today? Uh, I know he cuts a lot. Two tries, yes. Yeah. Um, look, I'm going to pick Nurmagomedov, and not because he's got going to have Khabib in his corner. Um, I do think he'll be able to get Gooden down and control him. Um, obviously, it was an embarrassment the last fight. I mean, he was dominating it. And then of David Sawada, got subbed by David Sawada, of all people. Um I do believe, though, that Night Train, I'm, I'm kind of coming around on the Night Train as a live dog, though. And I think, you know, we should all have some shares of him in DraftKings, but I'm going to go out and pick Nemurga Madoff. All right. Next fight up, we're going to talk about Alonzo Menafield, 8,100. He was scheduled to fight William Knight, and that's when he was priced. Knight pulls out. Fabio Charant is the replacement. 
He is 7,000. So Alonzo Midfield, 8,100, is minus 300 in this fight. Comeback on Charant is plus 270. I'm going to keep my mouth shut to start this one. Joe, start us off. Yeah, this is pretty easy. I mean, all the line value is on Manifield. He's going to be the highest-owned fighter on DraftKings. A minus 290. He's got the largest inside-the-distance prop. Um, you know, on the slate, uh, 8.1K. He's going to be really highly owned. That does not mean he doesn't come without some level of risk. Um, you know, I was listening to, you know, Pete the Heat Rogers um, over at, at the competitor, um, and he knows he knows this fighter. He's trained with him. Um, you know, said he's been working on his striking. Um, he's, you know, it's funny because he's got some submissions, but he's not a super good wrestler. Um, if you watch some film on him and again, he had, um, you know, he's taking this fight on three days notice trains in Boston camp lows on missed uh, weight by a half pound. Yeah. I missed weight by a half pound, but I'm, st- I'm still going to need to go with Manafield here. I think, you know, he's got the edge in class. I, I think he's had some embarrassing fights himself recently that hopefully his camp has straightened him out on. And this is really a good spot for him. I mean, you know, he's fighting a short notice guy. I actually was the other way when he was fighting Knight. I like Knight quite a bit, actually. Um, but in this fight, I think, um, you know, I think he will have the edge and all the metrics in terms of odds value and uh, you know, inside the distance, go to many fields. So I'm going to pick men field. Chris. So that's interesting because uh, now I kind of want that fight. Cause I didn't, I didn't like night at all. I thought men was going to run him over, but um, as far I as you fight, think, I don't know how you can think men is going to run over anybody. Well, what do you mean? That's all he, that's the only way he wins. How else does he win? I mean, so far, I mean, granted he's, he's fought guys. I know, but to project, he's just going to run over people is, Go well, ahead. I, I'm going last in this fight. I'm going to go last. All right. I mean, we can have a we can have a sidebar conversation on William Knight, but I think that um, you know, as far as this fight goes, Charant is is sort of um, he'll he'll do different things depending on his opponent. I've seen him sort of fight with his back to the cage. <sighs> I think in his most recent two fights, if I'm not mistaken, a la Tyron Woodley, who we'll talk about later. I've seen him go for takedowns. Uh, to Joe's point, he just sort of. Got a, 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 he sort of wrapped up the next standing and got a sub in one of his fights. So he's capable of doing a lot of different things. I think in this fight, Menafield, uh, he'll, he will cede the pressure to Menafield, who always comes forward. And I think um, Menafield is just going to be too push a pace that he can't really handle. Now, obviously, Menafield got really tired in that fight against Devin Clark. But he was still fighting. Um, he was dead tired, but he was still landing some good shots into rounds two and three. So I don't think we have to worry that it's a situation where, like, okay, he's got a round of cardio and then he's going to stop fighting. I think even if he, even if this fight extends, he's going to be live for it. Um, I just think Menafield is uh, – I'm sorry. Uh, Charant is going to give Menafield the fight he wants. Um, and I think even if Charant does go for takedowns, it's not as though Menafield – is an easy takedown. Devin Clark had to work very hard, and I doubt his wrestling is quite as good, uh, Charance, that is, as Devin Clark. So, yeah, I think um, I think a little recent uh, history might push people to say, well, you know, Menafield's not very good, but he's still a terrifying force in the in the cage, at least for a few minutes, and I think that's pretty much all he's going to need here. So a pick is Menafield. Yeah, let's, let's talk about why – 
Alonzo Metafield is minus 300 and how that is terrifying. His UFC wins are Paul Craig and Vinicius, Mar- Vinicius Marrera. I'm so scared. And then he beat Daniel Jolly and Deshaun Boatwright uh, on, on, on the Contender Series. Again, just just a murderer's row. Look, well, Craig, thing- you're, talking about, you're talking about the only guy to beat Magomed and Kaliev, by the way. Oh, God. That's a whole other thing. All right. I'm not saying Fabio Charant is great, but he is a legit prospect. He is now the LFA 205-pound champion. Yes, we he was on the Contender Series, and he was knocked out by Alexa Kamer. Um, again, that was his fifth pro fight. He was 24, and I rewatched that fight, and he had Kamer hurt. And as he goes to close the distance, he gets a little reckless, and Kamer hits a flying knee, which was which was pretty nice. Um, it's not that – look, I'm not saying don't play Menafield. I'm saying Menafield as the chalk on DK at 60% ownership on a 10-fight card is horrendously scary, especially if this fight, if he doesn't get the, the quick knockout. Like, he may not hit, hit the optimum on 8,100. He has to get the finish in, in the first round. I think Sharant is live. I've seen Sharant shoot takedowns. I've seen him. He's a decent counter-striker. I don't know what style he's going to come out with, especially with uh, the missed weight and short notice. If he decides I need to go get a knockout and stand and trade, then it's probably Menafield's fight. My approach to this, I think Fabio Sharon is a way, is a very live underdog. And you got Alonzo Menafield, who's going to be the uber jock. I can be overweight on both guys. And that's the approach I like here. I'm taking Fabio Sharon to win because I think he's a little more well, well-rounded than Alonzo Menafield, who everybody's going to be on. Minus 300 on Alonzo Menafield. I'll never play him at that price. Just no thanks. Um, so on DFS... I'm still playing Alonzo Menafield, but I'll be overweight to because I don't want it to, to totally burn me. I just I can't have that happen. But I'll be overweight to Fabio Chirant, and he will be my pick to win. He's going to be let like 10% own, best case scenario. So doesn't take a lot to get leverage. Next fight up, we're going to talk Kama Worthy at 8,600 taking on Jamie Malarkey at 7,600. Worthy is the favorite for now. I think this fight may flip by the time uh, fight day gets here. Right now, Worthy is minus 120. Malarkey is plus 110. Uh, Malarkey will be the most popular underdog on the card, and I'm picking him to win as well. But for the fight breakdown, we will start with... Uh, Chris for this one. I think it's me, yeah. And I, I am ecstatic to hear you say that. You guys often have your fingers on the pulse of things like where the ownership is going to be uh, at a better clip than I do. And so I'm glad at that because I like Karma Worthy uh, a little bit here. I think, uh, I think this, is a, this is, we don't talk about Fandle too much, but I mean, if you look at, um, you look at Jamie Malarkey, he shot something like, I mean, I, I have it in, in my article, but it's something like, uh, 34 times in his two fights so i mean if he if he stops even half of those which is uh, which is way more than than he's gotten before i think he's at about 30 percent then i'm aware that he's going to get pile up the points on those takedowns defense but um as far as the breakdown itself i just think that look the first thing that i should say is that kamawari doesn't have great takedown defense either but i think that um Number one is that I think Kamawari is going to be the stronger guy, the more physical guy, so that should help him. Second thing is that we've seen, we have seen Jamie Malarkey get out scrambled uh, in fights before, in the Brad Riddell fight certainly, and we've seen that Kamawari is pretty good off his back. He was he survived 
the fight against Luis Pena until he found that choke. Um, on the feet, Jamie Malarkey offers almost nothing. He paused with a jab and he throws a low kick and he gets hit very, very hard. Um, if the if Karma Worthy hits him in the same way that Brad Riddell did, I think he's going to go to sleep. Uh, Karma Worthy is a hair trigger counter striker, and I think that uh, Jamie Malarkey can throw something like a lazy jab out there and just get absolutely blasted. In fact, I'm counting on it. I think that maybe maybe he won't stuff all of them, but I think he'll be able to get back to his feet and stuff enough takedowns where the, the knockout is going to present itself and it's going to materialize. So I'm taking comma worthy. By the way, Brad Riddell hits fucking hard. He hits hard, but he's not like we comma worthy. So yeah, comma worthy's got power, but the, like where he caught Devontae Smith, not he doesn't have power, but I, I'm not, I wouldn't, Riddell could knock out Malarkey. I'm not so quick to think comma worthy. Can I, well, here's some, well, what I will say too, is that the third round, all intents and purposes, that fight should have been stopped then. So, I mean, that was a stoppage win. From Riddell. I think we can agree on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, it's a matter of debate. I, you know, put it in chat. That could be a fun thing. But I think that uh, I think that um, Kama Worthy hit is the harder hitter of the two. Hey guys in chat, who hits harder, Brad Riddell or Kama Worthy? Uh, I like Malarkey. I think he'll get enough takedowns. I think Worthy's a little bit, a little bit hypey. In terms of just the knockouts, kind of drive up lines. I think the smart money's coming to Malarkey. I think the line should have been flipped, and then I'd be more interested in Kama Worthy. But at this price tag, I think uh, Malarkey makes for the much more interesting DK play, and Worthy just some shots in GPP. Joe, how do you I think? I think I think you're talking some Malarkey. Mm -hmm. I... Nice, Joe. So I um I think actually Malarkey will be the second most popular favorite um dog. I'm sorry, no. second most popular dog on DK uh, after Jillian Robinson. Um, but I, I'm going to lean Malarkey here too. I mean, um, you know, that last fight by Karma was not a great fight. Malarkey has a solid floor. Um, Riddell does hit hard, beat the living crap out of him. Um, I don't think either one of these guys are long for the UFC. I think, um, Karma Worthy had his moment in the sun. Um, uh, I think Malarkey is probably uh, average to the middle of the road, lunch pail type fighter. Um, I think this is a decent spot for him. Look, Karma has shown he's got some jujitsu. You just don't know how Karma is going to win or what kind of fight he's going to fight. Um, it's not a, a super ringing endorsement, but I do, you know, I do lean Malarkey here and I will take the dog. Well, we got two votes and I think the voting is closed. Um, that settles it. Uh, two nothing where the, where the hits harder. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> oh boy. Miranda Maverick, 8,800, taking on Jillian Robertson. At 7,400 line on this fight, Maverick is minus 157. The comeback on Robertson is plus 147. Both these gals want to grapple, or Maverick really wants to wrestle. She'll be the better wrestler. Robertson, the better grappler. Um, neither one's a very good striker, but I would give the edge to Maverick, especially in terms of power. She's going to be the stronger fighter. I think Robertson can get a sweep from the bottom. And I'm picking Robertson because for that reason, I think she could end up on top. But the more I look at this, the more I'm starting to get a little antsy because, you know, I'm, I've always picked Jillian Robertson. Um, she's one of my – she's, for whatever reason, just somebody I, I like to watch fight. I like I like the style. Um, so I got sirens behind me. don't know if you can hear that. Yep. And the more I look at it, Miranda Maverick, though, the strength in the wrestling, the top control wrestling, I, I'm getting more and more concerned. And I 
like her a little bit on DraftKings. Like Joe said, I think most people are going to be in Robertson. I don't think Maverick's going to be very high owned. And we've seen what control time can do. And we've seen how little Julian Robertson likes to be hit. So I am going to pick Julian Robertson, but I'm coming around to more shares of Miranda Maverick. Um, this fight is, oh, good. The Trick Whisperer. Joe, we got. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, I think <laughs> I like Miranda Maverick a lot. Um, however, I would need to see some big advancements in takedown defense versus, say, her fight against Pearl Gonzalez and Invicta. You know, Gonzalez was able to take her down with relative ease. Um, if I was Miranda, what I would do here is I would try to fight at range. I would not look to take down Jillian myself because Jillian is not a wrestler, so she doesn't go for single legs or double legs. She goes for trips and throws up against the cage in the clinch. I do think Maverick will have a, a strength advantage here. Um, there's definitely a path to victory for both fighters. I am going to take a slight lean to the underdog here in Jillian Robertson. Chris, who you got? So I think if, and I think we're all in agreement, I think if you acknowledge that there's a strength advantage, I think that points pretty strongly to Maverick because we've already seen what somebody can do to Jillian uh, Robertson when they have a strength advantage. And Talia Santos, who basically got her down and held her there uh, for the better part of 15 minutes. I think um, it's not just the strength, but the jujitsu also and, and the scrambling ability on the ground. We know Robertson has that. So, I mean, I, I agree there is a strength advantage. And I think that um, I think the, the women who have taken, uh, who have taken Maverick down like Pro Gonzalez and Deanna Bennett, I think they're more physically strong than Robertson as well. So um, uh, uh, Maverick avenging that loss to Deanna Bennett, by the way, where she didn't get her down in that fight, which I thought was encouraging. But, um, but yeah, I, I, that's pretty much the crux of it for me. And if they do stand, which I don't think they will, I think that Maverick has a pretty concerted advantage there. But I think, I think, I think Robertson might be the initial one to go for takedowns, but I think that could backfire on her pretty quickly. And I do think uh, Maverick's best path or maybe maybe that's wishful thinking. Maybe maybe because um, it's the most profitable DK path. But I do think that she'll be able to control her on the ground if the fight gets there. Um, so my pick is Maverick. All right, next fight up: Sean O'Malley, ninety-two hundred, taking on Thomas Almeida at seven thousand. Line on this fight: O'Malley's minus three hundred five. Almeida's Almeida's plus two seventy-five. Really interesting fight here because O'Malley, I think, is the longer. I think he's the better striker at this point. He's just fragile. You hit him with a leg kick and the dude crumbles. And I know Almeida knows it. He's he's not a dumb fighter. He may be old. Fight old, I should say. He's only 29, but Almeida's fight old at this point. Let's, let's be honest. Um, you would think technically O'Malley can win, can get a finish of, of Almeida, but he's also more likely to win a decision. I just, I don't trust Sean O'Malley. The good thing is that the pricing isn't tight on this card. You can pretty much play whoever you want, especially with Menafield in the middle. Um, I'll have some shares, but I'm really worried about this fight on both sides. I think it's this is a terrible, terrible cash card for the reason we talk about Vicente Luque later. We'll talk about Sean O'Malley. The payup options make me squirmy. Um, I'm going to take Sean O'Malley, but I'm real worried. And look, Thomas Almeida is alive to a first round leg kick knockout, 100%. So 
I, I plan on being overweight um, to Almeida. And I'm not sure what I'm going to do with, with Sean O'Malley yet. I'm going to see how builds go, quite honestly. I think if I can put him in and leave, it's leaving money on the table still, I'll do it. But I'm not making a $50,000 square lineup with, with Sean O'Malley in it. It just doesn't doesn't seem right. Unless my optimizer spits it in there. But if I'm hand building, I'm not I'm not doing it for sure. Um, Chris, who do you got? Yeah, I, well, I think you hit on the um, the concern for Sean O'Malley, which is just the fragility. I mean, not oh, just. Wait, wait, wait. I, I, sorry, I forgot one other thing. He's mentally out of his goddamn mind. Yeah, that he, has to be said in any introduction for Sean O'Malley forever. Well, like, I mean, he's a jerk face for sure. I, I would like I, him. I, I take my undefeated record. You're yeah. I, I I would like him to lose. I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I I will say that the fragility is a question, not just. The uh, not just the Cheeto Vera fight, but you go back and watch that Sukumta fight. It's, it's not like that kick hit Sukumta in the elbow. It hit him sort of up on the forearm hand area, and it still shattered his shin or whatever it did to it. Um, so maybe he's just fragile. Maybe he needs to drink more milk. Uh, I don't know what the answer is. But um, in, in any event, that is concerning, especially with like, one of, the, one of the areas where I think Sean O'Malley's gotten a lot better is I think if you go back really early in his UFC career, like Terry and Ware, um, Terry and Ware had a lot of success. I think it was in that second round of that fight just by pressuring O'Malley backward. And I think he's he's rectified that a little bit just by really always staying on the balls of his feet and moving around a lot, having a lot of lateral movement. Early, he was much more willing to just sort of plant and throw and now he's constantly moving, which I think is good for him. But it also, I mean, how is he going to move around? Maybe he takes another bad step, and who knows? I mean, so that's got to be in the back of your mind somewhere. But as far as the uh, the the breakdown of the fight, I mean, O'Malley just got crushed coming, trying to wait his way inside on uh, Jonathan Martinez. He's going to have a way more ground to cover trying to come in for, for Sean O'Malley here. I think he's just going to get lit on fire on the way in. I think he's going to get. I think he's going to get knocked out in this fight. Um, I would like it. I would like to be wrong, but um, I think uh, the style is bad here. I think uh, uh, Thomas Almeida coming back on the long layoff looked pretty bad against Martinez, and I can't trust him here, especially against the more rangy fighter. So I'm, I'm going Sean O'Malley. Joe, who you got? I have O'Malley by finish. I think O'Malley's live, more live to a first-round finish than uh, Almeida. Uh, look, I think Almeida's game is to avoid punishment, or I should say path to victory, not game, is to avoid punishment and work the leg kicks. Um, so I see Almeida more – I see his path to victory as more wearing Sean O'Malley down than actually getting a, a quick KO, um, and that's his path to victory. However – to Sean's point, you know, I'm sorry, to Chris's point, smaller octagon. Uh, I I like O'Malley bomb rushing Almeida and getting the quick finish. You know, Almeida has really deteriorated um, since, you know, look at his record in hindsight. Uh, his opponents are not all that good. He's lost pretty much every step up opportunity he's taken. Um, so give me Sean O'Malley here uh, to get the early finish. Yeah, I want to address what, what uh, Tajik said. The Uncle Chael is also undefeated. And Uncle Chael is one of my favorite fighters. But Uncle Chael is clearly shtick. Like, I think O'Malley's he's not he's not right. Yeah, no, he's not kidding. He thinks something, so. something is not right. 
So anyway, next fight up. Co-main event time, Vicente Luque, 9,100, taking on Tyron Woodley at 7,100. Luque is the favorite, minus 230. Come back on Tyron is plus 210. The former welterweight champion, the now rapper, um, Tyron Woodley, stepped down in competition. Vicente Luque can be hit, but not a lot of activity, not a lot of wrestling. It's hard to judge Tyron Woodley and what he is. Um, I'm going to take Luque here, but it's an interesting one in terms of DK. I don't have a strong read of how this fight's going to go. I actually think it's more likely Luke wins decision or a late finish and this fight's not going to score great because that's just what Tyron Woodley does. So, I mean, I'm picking Luke, but I actually don't, this is the first Luke fight in a while. I don't love for DK. Uh, Joe, who you got? Yeah. So I have Luke as well. I mean, look, I don't know how shot Tyron Woodley is. Yes. This is a step down in competition off of Colby Covington, Gilbert Burns and Kamara Usman. Uh, he's not fighting a chain wrestler. He's fighting a striker. However, he is fighting a striker that's pretty accomplished at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So if, you know, God forbid, you know, Woodley does decide to use his wrestling and does get down, um, you know, get down Luke A, Luke A has got a shot to sub him. Um, you know, we've seen who's we've seen who's uh we've seen Woodley get subbed before. Um, you know, I obviously if it stays standing, I like Luke A, the the volume and you know the sheer determination. Um, but he has been hurt before. And, you know, if Woodley is not totally shot, can he land a big punch? Sure. But, um, you know, Luke has been a money machine for me. Um, he's, he's only lost to a very crafty, um, uh, you know, sugared, you know, wonder boy Thompson. Um, so I like Luke here. I mean, again, would I be surprised if Woodley was able to pull something out? No, but I've just not had any encouraging signs of what Woodley can do since the Darren Till fight. And Till is far worse on the ground. Um, you know, Till has got essentially no ground game. And he had a really bad weight cut going into that fight as well. So I hate Darren Till, but and I was all on Woodley in that fight. But uh, give me Luke here. Chris, who you got? Uh, yeah, I think uh, first I, I think uh, I'm going to check something here. I don't believe you might be referring to the, the uh, Colby Covington fight, but I don't think that was ruled a sub. I think it was KO rib injury, so I don't think uh, it was ever been subbed. Yeah. Yep. And, and before you go, go go into your break breakdown test account, which is clearly somebody on I don't know what that is on, on YouTube. Who manhandles T Wood isn't a high level wrestler. Who has he fought recently that hasn't been one? That, I mean, that, that's who's in front of him, and who hasn't hit Luke with a big shot? Everybody. Yeah. Here's the thing, Tyron Wood has got to throw a big shot. He has thrown like no strikes. Like he knows he's fist fighting, right? I'm not he, sure. He, he might have aware? forgotten. So no, you're right. Look, Luke is taking he... damage from Barbarina. He's taking yeah. damage from from um, from Price, but he's always come back, you know. He, and Woodley, Woodley has not been in a striking affair since Crocs were cool. I mean, he's live to he's live to a knockout, sure. But I hate relying on that. I hate relying. I hate when guys are KO or bust. So yeah, I'll have some shares. Ten fight card, and he could land a big shot. But yep, I don't know. I, I'm just I'm 38 year old Walter Waits. <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. Go ahead. No problem. And, and, and I hope whatever you're testing uh, goes well there, my friend. Uh, thank you for the question. but Or, or the comment. Uh, or Well, question and comment. But I think that um, I don't think those comparisons really work just because all those fighters are way more active. Um, they, they put their shots together. So um, it's, a, it's a lot more to process. Having said that, I do think 
This is the livest Woodley's been in a while. Uh, Luke is going to come at him in straight lines. And if he wants to land a big shot, I think it's going to be there for him. But what we've seen, what we've seen a lot lately, I think, is Woodley just kind of getting scared off when, you know, these guys hit him. Like we saw him take a big shot in, early in the Gilbert Burns fight and then sort of go into the shell. And we even saw uh, Covington hit him with a big shot when he tried to come forward on him. It's impossible to know what you're going to get from Tyron Woodley um, these days. And it's impossible to, like, I see people betting him on Twitter and stuff, and I just think, okay, I mean, I mean, I, I, I like to play roulette, I guess, spin the wheel. I don't like play, playing the, 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 the money wheel, which might be more akin to this, because um, you really don't know what you're going to get. As I said, I mean, if you could trust Woodley to wrestle, I'd like that better, but you really couldn't. I don't think you can. And I think this is going to be a bust-out fight as well, I have to say. Uh, Woodley controls uh, pace very well. And to, to test the count's point there, all those, all those wins have been wrestlers and all those big scores have been uh, wrestle and takedown oriented. I don't think Luque is going to do that. I think Luque is going to hit, uh, hit him with enough shots, pro- probably a couple big shots in there. But I think Woodley can weather it. But I do think this is Vicente Luque's fight. So he's the big. Main event time. Let's talk Francis Ngannou. Minus 135. Stipe Miocic, who won this fight the first time, is still the underdog this time. I'm going to stare at Chris as he talks. There we go. There we go. Got to look at my face right now. Plus 125 for Stipe Miocic. Uh, Interesting things here. So. Francis Ngannou to win in round one, plus 225. Uh, and it's actually down to plus 165. So that line's falling. Um, I bet that at plus 225 because it seemed wrong. Um, look, I mean, we all know the breakdown for this fight. Ngannou by, by KO. is going to try and grapple him and, and keep him off him. So what's interesting is obviously I don't think you can stack this fight for cash. I think... I think it's a pretty 50-50 fight. I lean towards Nganu. I think he'll land the big shot. In terms of DraftKings, though, this to me is actually not an all-in fight. There's a very real possibility, at least to me, that Stipe gets a takedown round one, maybe even round two, but let's just say just at a round one, and Nganu knocks it out with the first shot he lands in round two. That's 80 points. On this card, there's a lot of upside here. I don't think that's enough. I think in the event Stipe wins, I think he's 100% on the optimal. Like, whatever percentage chance you give Stipe pointing this fight, play at least that much of him on DK. In Ganu, I'm bumping it down a little bit for the reason I just mentioned, that path to victory. And while I'm picking in Ganu, he's going to be more popular. Like, he's going to be way more popular. And I kind of want to shy away from that a little bit. Like, so I'm picking in Ganu, I'm probably going to play more Stipe. I think he's more likely to end up on the optimal and he's going to be less owned and trying to tie with uh, less people. So that's my logic on the fight. I think eventually Nganu will land the knockout blow. And for my betting account, if it's in the first round, it's a way to hedge off um, DFS because I'm going to be a little a little bit underweight. I'll have plenty of live lineups with Nganu in them, but I'll be under his 60% ownership for sure. But the first round knockout, I'll cash the bet. I'll be fine. Uh, Chris, start us off for the main event. Yeah, so I understand, obviously, people wanting to play Ngannou because of the knockout power. I don't quite get picking him to win the fight. I just think that Stipe has so many more advantages, not just the grappling, but 
thing about the first fight is um, Stipe is is the more technical boxer. He's got better footwork. If you look at that first round, um, 47 of 62 significant strikes uh, Stipe Miocic missed on. So he's swinging big and wild. And it's funny. You mean Ngannou? Ngannou missed? Yeah. Uh, did I say Stipe? Yep. Yeah, okay. So Ngannou missed 47 of 62. You know, it's funny. I've watched a couple of things this week that have tried to p- posit that, like, oh, Ngannou has improved. Uh, I don't buy it. I'm willing to say that he's not the uh, – because nobody is. The manic guy who just came out and swung the most wild combination you've ever seen in your life and somehow ended up touching the chin of Jair Rosenstreich. But he's still – I mean, when he's not going wild, like in that fight, in the Stipe fight, all of his knockouts are, are are based on his opponent making a mistake. Like if you look, look at the Junior Dos Santos fight, he throws that big overhand right and throws himself off balance. Stipe counters. Same thing with uh, – with the second Curtis Blades fight, so I just think that um, there's not there's not a lot of depth to what uh, Francis Ngannou does. Not going any bulletins there, but the thing about, I love about Stipe for this fight is he's really composed. He saw all those shots coming. That's not to say that a couple didn't hit them because because they did. I mean, I think the punch that Stipe really has to watch out for in this fight is the uppercut. He got hit with quite a few clean uppercuts, ducking under underneath the. Uh, the jab, but um, but it was also the jab that that really hurt Ngannou because uh, Stipe used used it to pull back and land a couple of good shots there. So I just think Stipe has way too many advantages here. He got 141 points uh, in the last fight and somehow was the underdog. That to me tells me I got to play him more. So I will be doing. I'll probably be underweight to Ngannou just because I I don't. I mean. In in theory, the, the the chance is there, but in practice, I mean, I mean, Stipe is going to have to fight. Be honest, P's and Q's all fight. Uh, no hesitation about that. But um, I think he can do it. He's already done it once, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if this time it looks a little bit cleaner. Uh, to be honest, so my pick is Stipe Miocic. Joe, who you got? Yeah, so I'm going to go back to the well with Ngannou in this fight, and look, I'm going to have a lot of shares of Stipe. Don't kid yourself on DraftKings. Uh, the fact that, you know, Stipe w- weighed in 29 pounds less than uh, Ngannou and also less than in his last fight, um, you know, I don't know what he was thinking. Um, Ngannou looks, always looks good. That doesn't matter. Um, I hear he's been wrestling a lot. The things I'm hearing coming out of camp are good. Hearing that no matter who he's training to fight against, he always devotes part of every camp to training to fight Stipe. So obviously that's weighed heavily on his mind. Um, you know, he's got the death touch and look, he busted up Stipe. He just couldn't bring it home. I do believe that there's an ARB here. If you want to bet the fight, you could certainly play Stipe by decision and Nganu by finish. And there's a nice little ARB built in there to make some money. Um, I, I see those as the two most likely outcomes for this fight. So, you know, go to your book and see what that ARB pays, but th- there's a way to potentially lock in some profit, um, no matter which side wins. So I would look at that, but I'm going to pick Nganu here. All right, guys, that's it for the UFC 260 breakdown. A little bit shorter because uh, I only have 10 fights, but we have hot takes. Hang on, before I, yep. before we go to hot takes, can we can we um, reinstitute our tradition of last week, which is picking who you think is going to get the quick win? Sure. I, I, I will set us off. I'm going to say 
Kamaworthy uh, takes this down. And Ganu. Hmm. Let's go. God, I want to be. I want to be a little different here. I almost want to just say Jamie Malarkey, but that's not going to happen. Say, say wanna, Jillian Robertson and get it over with. No, 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 no. That, that's I'm. I'm getting more and more concerned about my girl in that fight. I really am. Like I'm really, really worried about that one. Um, you know what? Uh, Lord Mikhail. Mc, oh, there you go. Yeah. An, an, an under-owned one. Uh, hot takes. Hot takes in chat. Fire them up if you got any. We'll read a couple out. Anybody got one uh, locked and loaded? Not yet. I'm looking uh, right now. How hot How hot is, is, is Malarkey by finish? I mean... None. Not, not even a little. Not even a little. Really? I, I said, meant... Malarkey? Oh, I meant Kyle? the other way. I meant no, the other still, way. Still no. Really? I, I, I might have to check on that, but I'll, I'll take your I'll take that's, your word for it. That's definitely okay. Not so then, how about uh, Gooden finishing uh, Abu Bakar there? Yeah, that, that that definitely qualifies as a hot take. Okay, that's fine. We'll, we'll take it. Uh, winning DraftKings lineup will have at least twelve hundred dollars left on the table. That's nice. I like that. Wow. That is something. I am close to my hot take. Uh, kill some time here. Uh, let's, let's, let's go to chat while Joe's finishing up. Uh, yeah. Tajik, Woodley in the optimal. Power bar KO. It's power bar. Help me out. Uh, power bar is Mark Andro, Andre Barrio. Oh, Barrio. Oh. Oh, all right. That's all right. Clever. Okay, I'm going to go. Is, is, is that power bar filled with androgen? It could be. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's bar. how he got his last knockout. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Jillian by sub plus three fifty. I think that's a pretty solid line. Yeah, it, it is. And well, I mean, the thing is, Maverick's never been sub, but I mean, that's the way she wins. So. Yeah, right. Definitely. All right, guys, make sure you go to rotowire.com slash free 10-day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. Like, comment, subscribe, follow all of us on Twitter. Appreciate all the support. We'll catch you for the next edition of Fight IQ for UFC 261. Good luck in those con- – oh, God, Tajik, you judged – I'm doing the close, and you got to type that. Two fights end in a no contest. Oh. That is well, the well, let's, let's, We can expand on that. Eye pokes or groin strike. You know what? I said something on the DFS Army podcast the other day or last night. I also have this vision in my head of Stipe going for a takedown up against the cage and Nganu landing going for one of the the um the elbows. Yeah. And smashing the back of the head and right, Stipe yeah. ending up unconsciously <laughs> actually calling it back of the yeah. head and we get a DQ winner or no contest or something yeah. something wild like that. Uh test account says Robertson wins. Single leg there all day. All right. Fair enough. I, I hope you're right because I was all about Robertson. The more I think about that fight, the more it scares me. All right, Tajik, I'm going to try to not let anything else screw me up. I Like, comment, subscribe. I did all the fun stuff. Good luck in those contests. In those contests. Knees, knees, knees for my boys. Good luck. See you next time. Peace. Right, thanks, everybody. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.